And good evening to everyone. I think I got that thing flipped up again the right way, so we're off and running. It's good to be here. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, I think I made some errors this morning. I, I can't add too well. I think I had the time that my son and I spent in the military wrong. It's 51 years. He spent 29. I spent 22. I was on my way to 30, to tell you the good honest truth, I thought, and uh, I got uh, a little, I was uh, on active duty and was uh, working in a church in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Another little church got started in a home out in the Van Cleve community, and I didn't even know where it was. They had to tell me how to get off the I-10 to get there, and they wanted me to come out and help them in, in a home. Uh, four, uh, three families had met, the three husband and wives, and and uh, they ultimately asked me to go in the back room, and they, I came back out, and they said, we've called you to be our pastor. I said, uh, okay, I'm in the Air Force, and I have an assignment to Pope Air Force Base uh, in six months. I've already got my orders. I'm leaving to go to Pope to become a, uh, a maintenance guy, a supervisor for, uh, for all the maintenance at Pope. And... Uh, so they said, well, help us for six months. Eight years later, I'm still there. I decided to retire, got out, and stayed on with them and moved to Quince River in 1985 and stayed there 22 years. Uh, folks that knew me after I came, I went to high school with some of the folks. I could not give a book report in high school. I was that shy. I would write it, but I could not stand up before people. Uh, and God changed all of that. Now I can't shut up, okay? <laughs> So uh, we're grateful. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter number 3. Uh, and I've just entitled uh, what I want to share with you tonight, uh, The Call to Leadership. Uh, and all of us, uh, and, and Moses, in this particular passage that we're going to look at, Moses begins to make excuses of his inability to do what God is asking him to do. And probably every one of us have made similar or excuses of reasons why we don't want to do what God has called us to do. Uh, look at uh, chapter number three uh, of, uh, of Exodus, beginning with verse one, and, and it reads like this. Now Moses kept the flock uh, of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Media, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of uh, a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, and the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard the cry uh, by reason of their taskmasters for I know their sorrow and I am come down to deliver them 
out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Persites, and the uh, Hivites and Jebusites. Now therefore, behold the cry of the children of Israel, come unto me, and I, I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they say, they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent thee. And then it goes on to talk about Moses uh, and, and even into chapter number four. But I'll stop reading at that point. And, and just, I just want to say to all of us, as we think about the call to, to leadership, we must realize that every person that's been saved by the power of the Holy Spirit, God has called us to some uh, leadership responsibility. We have now, because we are born-again believers, the responsibility to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as Moses was called of God to do a job, God knew Moses had the capability. But look, Moses made excuses. He has called you and I to do a job, and he knows what your capabilities are. And God is not going to call any of us to a task and then let us go on our own to accomplish that task. He wants to be with us. He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. We are not unlike Moses and other men of the Bible. We make our excuses, and most of our excuses are not original. For men of old made them over and over and over again. The first thing that, that I see that Moses begins to talk about himself was his own personal unfitness. Moses made four excuses in chapter 3 and 4 of Exodus. The first one being uh, that he made was that he was personally unfit. Look at verse 11. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And He's saying, I'm not worthy. I don't have the capability. And, uh, you know, later as I read, Moses, uh, as God asked him, Who made your tongue? You know, who made all of these things? And, and I'm going to be with you. King Saul, in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 21, Saul answered and said, similar to what Moses did, am I not a Benjamite of the, uh, the smallest of the tribes of Israel? And my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin, wherefore then speaketh thou unto me? And if you want to look at that, look at 1 Samuel chapter 9. 
uh, he is making, Saul is making the same excuses that Moses made and you and I sometimes make when this church or any church wants you or I to take a leadership role, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, uh, a dealing, uh, working with the youth or whatever that may be, we can always, all of us can come. I can, I'm as good as anybody else. You know, I can't do that. I'm not qualified. Well, I work for the qualifier, and his name is Jesus, okay? If he calls us, he will qualify us. And, and look at what and David even said. And David, in 1 Samuel uh, 18 and 18, and David said unto Saul, Who am I, and what is my life or uh, my father's family in Israel, that I should be the son-in-law of the king? He began to make excuses. He did not want that position. He did not want that responsibility. He and all of these men are talking about their personal unfitness. And all of us probably have felt that way and will feel that way again. But again, I'm not personally fit to stand in this pulpit and, and preach to you and share with you or try to teach a lesson in the Sunday school or whatever. But the God that I serve am and he lives in me. As I shared this morning, he moved in and he's not moving out. He's going to stay and he's going to be with me. Solomon said, you know, I've already alluded to that. And Solomon said, oh, Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go in or to come out. And Isaiah talks in chapter 6. Then said I, woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then Jeremiah, if you want to turn there and, and your studies this week and think about it. And Jeremiah says, Then said I, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am but a child. Some of the wisest words sometimes comes out of the mouth of babes. You know, and they get our attention. John the Baptist did, you know, Jesus said, come on, baptize me. And he forbade him. He said in, in, John, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 14, and, but John forbade him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee and comest thou to me. And Jesus said, suffer it to be so now for it fulfills all this, this to take place. Jesus didn't need to be baptized. He was the son of God. And I personally believe, I believe in baptism. I believe we ought to be baptized. But that water in the baptistry didn't, didn't save me. I was saved when I got in it. I was just giving my testimony of, of uh, uh, a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe we ought to do that. But if you're waiting to get in the water to get saved, you're probably going to drown getting back in. You'll swivel up and float away because Jesus is the only one that can do that. Not only do you find Moses talking about his own uh, personal unfitness, he also talked about the fear, the he feared the unbelief of the people. Look in, in Exodus chapter number 4 in verse 1. And Moses said, answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me. You know, he's, I've already talked about it. He's going to go to the people, but he's now he's making another excuse. They will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. 
And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, It's a rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. And the Lord said to Moses, Put forth thy hand, and take hold, uh, take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God uh, of their fathers and the God of Abraham and of Isaac and the God of Jacob appeared unto thee. So what I'm getting from all of this, Moses made his, his, his unbelieving comments. But God simply said, what is that in thy hand? What have I gifted you with? What is it you have to offer? What's that in your hand? He says, it's a stick, a rod. It's, it's something I use to, to fight off the animals or go through the woods with. And then you think about, if God can take that, think about some other things in Scripture. Think about the jawbone of an ass in Judges chapter 15. Think about the Bible and the saw and the axe and the rod that was there. Think about the weak instruments, five smooth stones that David had, and he only needed one. Remember that? He said, they put Saul's armor on him. I, I, I can just picture this. Saul was probably a pretty good-sized fella, and David must have been pretty small, and they put all that armor, and he's going to go out to, to Goliath. And he probably couldn't even move. And he took all that stuff off and got him, had a sling. And he picked up five smooth rocks and only needed one. And the, the giant came down there and was defiling the army of God. And David threw it. And the man fell. And great was the fall of it. Who are you or who am I? Little David? God can do great things with you and me who sometimes want to put it off on people who are better educated or people who are smarter or who are more intellect or who can speak better. But don't ever think that what God lays on your heart and in your voice to speak will come back void. It will not. The word will not come back. So you, you, the fear of the people. He also wasn't very eloquent. Moses, you know, probably stammered and, and, and this sort of thing. And many of us aren't. There's a whole bunch of things. You think about what he did with five loaves and two fishes. And you think about all that, that, that we have in our hands to do with today. And then there's something else that Moses wanted to do in chapter, uh, in verse number 13. And this is what he said, send somebody else. And he said, oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by thy hand of him whom thou wilt send. Moses is saying uh, or, uh, to, to the master, I can't do this. I'm not eloquent. I can't speak. I can't say what needs to be said. And, and, and God just simply says, who made you? Who made your mouth? Over and over and over again, we can, we can sense, think that we're not capable 
send someone else. Oh, my Lord, I pray thee, send somebody else. And then if you, you think about other things as we, we think about God's call, calling us to leadership, we think about, look, flip over to Matthew with me quickly. Matthew chapter 25 uh, and verse 24. Matthew chapter 25, verse, verse 24, and this is what it says. And then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, and thou art a hard man, reaped where thou hast not sown, and gathers where thou hast not strown. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, here he has in his hand that which is thine. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reaped where I sowed not and gathered where I had not strown. Thou oughtest therefore to have put thy, my money to the exchangers and then cometh me and I would have received mine own money with interest, with usury. So here he's saying the master is too hard. I cannot handle that task. Look at who we're serving. And if God, again, if God equips us and God puts things into our hand, we don't need to be making excuses like the New Testament here was as they spoke to Jesus about, I can't do that. I've been there. I've done that. And I have, have missed blessing after blessing after blessing by saying, no, let someone else. I did that. I, uh, I was so shy. I told you that. Uh, my growing up, I don't know how God and why God ever called me. I probably wouldn't have if I'd have been God, okay? But thank God I am not God. And he can equip you just like he does anyone that will listen to the call of God on their lives. And that may be just to go next door and visit with the neighbor. That may be just to go across the street. That may be to sit down in a restaurant and buy someone a lunch. You never know. You never know what good we can do unknowingly, and people will, may never remember that, and we should not do what we do in order to get praised or get, some, uh, get lifted up in pride. We should never do that. We also allow things that, to hinder us from accepting the call of leadership and uh, in, in the, the final thing that I wanted to talk to you about, that not only the hardness uh, of the master and not only uh, the need for discovering new things, but we get so caught up in the pressures of life, the pressures of the business, the pressures of the job that we're in, that we, we want to make excuses. In, in Luke chapter 14, uh, in verse, uh, verse number 18, uh, I can find that chapter 14 verse 18 look, look at what happens there in verse 18 uh, well let's back up to verse 16 then said he unto him a, a certain man bade, uh, made a great supper and bade many and sent 
his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all went with one consent. They all, with one consent, began to make excuses. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must need go see it. I, have, I pray thee, have me excused. Uh, and the, another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring hither the poor and the maimed uh, and the halt and the blind. And the servant went out and done as his master commanded, and yet there was room. So as we begin to think about that, we, we think of the excuses. One here had bought a piece of ground. One had bought a yoke of oxen. One had bought uh, married a wife. And I sometimes wonder, what excuses I come up with when God wants me to, I'm tired. You know, I've been going all day. You know, I've, I've done this, I've done that. And every time that you or I make those excuses, don't we think God already knows? Because he knows what our day has been like. And he said, I will not leave you or forsake you. I will go with you. If I get too tired to walk with God when God commands that I walk with him, I'm too tired. <laughs> There's something wrong. It's probably not that I'm tired. It's that I just got other things that I'd like to do and other things I'd like to get involved in. So think with me, and this, this has been rather short and it's, it's been yet to the point that, I, that I've tried to make and, and that I've called every one of you sitting here and every other member of this church and every other born-again believer, when they got saved, they were called to some degree of leadership. All of us can't be the pastor. All of us can't be a deacon. And I certainly can't be in the choir. Brother Lawler wouldn't even let me, you know. Uh, I told you that story. Did I tell you that about that story? My sister... My sister plays the piano, and she's a good musician. My brother Freeman was uh, before he passed away, and Everett's like me. He can't sing a lick either. And we were all at her house one day and one evening, and, and I don't know, some occasion that brought us all to her house. She had a piano, and she said, gather around, we're going to sing. And I said, Tay, I can't sing. Oh, you just think you can't sing. Come on, Tom, sing. I said, I can't sing, Tay. She said, just stand up here and sing. I said, okay. I got right behind her, and she began the song, Amazing Grace, I think it was. I didn't get through the first line until she looked up and said, you can't, can you? <laughs> so it took just that. We all make our excuses, and I still can't carry a tune in a box, but I don't know anyone that enjoys good gospel music any more than I do. I may not be able to sing it like you, Brother Lawler, but I can enjoy it immensely. So don't we all do that sometimes? I can't sit in the nursery. Those kids get on my nerves. I can't help with the, the preschoolers or, or the youth or whatever. Look, who made us? And who is guiding us? And who wants to continue to bless us in our journey with him? I tell you, folks, 
I don't know of anything that I uh, regret that I did for the Lord Jesus Christ or that I wish I hadn't gone. But I can tell you a whole lot of things that I wish I hadn't. That I let some little insignificant thing keep me from a greater blessing, I think. And now listen to this, and I will hush. Isaiah writes in Isaiah 6, 8, Also I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. That's what I want you to do when God calls. Who will go for me? Stand up and say, here am I. Send me. Jonah writes, and I'll close again. I said I'd close. Jonah writes in Jonah 1-2, arise and go. Get up and go. And I want you to pray for me. I don't mind telling you, I'm 77 years old, reasonably good health can get around, can drive, can go places. My wife can't do that anymore, but I can. And I want to be doing something for the Lord, being able to get up and rise and go when he says, come on home. I really do. I don't want to retire. I don't want to quit. I enjoy serving the God that saved me. And I hope it shows. I hope it's contagious. I know yours are to me. And I appreciate you so very much. Bow and pray with me. Father, I thank you. Help each one of us to listen to that call. Help us not to make our excuses as... as